I got great news, guys. Oh! It's the news update from Game Time Decisions. News, 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 news. Hey, thank you very much, Yang and Metal Matt. Hey, sports fans, I'm Cam School with your sports grid news and betting update. You want an edge or a hardcore sports fan? Well, it's time to get on the grid. The New York Jets are making changes, uh, not just yet. Adam Gase's hot seat getting a lot cooler today. New York Jets owner Christopher Johnson told reporters today that his team will not make any changes at the head coach position to at least the 2020 season, this according to The Athletic. Johnson added that he told the entire Jets team that Gase won't be fired during or after this offseason. He also said the decision was actually reviewed uh, and accepted well by the players on the team. Gase's job security has been a hot topic of conversation throughout the season with the struggling Jets. At 2-7, and seven. in Gase's first year at the helm, the Jets have allowed the eighth most points per game and only ranking ahead of Miami and Washington in points scored per contest. They face the lowly Redskins in Week 11. That should be interesting. Just two games in NCAA football tonight at 8 o'clock. Bowling Green at Miami of Ohio. Redhawks minus 17. Total in that game, 48.5. Northern Illinois, they're at Toledo. The Rockets laying 2.5. 54.5 is your total. NCAA News. They concluded its investigation of Ohio State defensive end Chase Young's rule violation, and the suspension was upheld by the NCAA. He'll be suspended for one additional game. Young accepted, but paid back a loan from a family friend back in 2018. He'll also miss Saturday's game versus Rutgers. I don't think they're going to need him. Young leads the FBS in sacks with 13.5 and, and seventh for tackles for a loss with 15.5. He's considered the number one prospect in the 2020 NFL Draft. Reports indicate San Antonio Spurs guard DeMar DeRozan could be on the move again. The Orlando Magic uh, seeking a trade partner. The trade market for uh, scoring, these guys need it big time. They've expressed interest in the 11-year veteran. Orlando currently 29th in the NBA in field goal percentage at 41.9%. Dead last with points per game with 98.1. DeRozan averaging uh, 19.5 points and 49% shooting this season. The 30-year-old holds a $27.7 million player option for 2020-21 and is far apart in his contract extension talks with the Spurs this season. The Brooklyn Nets fear that guard Chris Levert suffered uh, ligament damage uh, to his right thumb. This according to Shams Charania of The Athletic. Levert is going to miss uh, visit some specialists for further evaluations as well. He missed Brooklyn's Tuesday game against the Utah Jazz with what the team called the thumb sprain. 25-year-old averaging 16.8 points, 5 rebounds and 4 assists in 9 games this season. The Brooklyn Nets also going to sign free agent guard Amon Shumpert. Sources telling ESPN Brooklyn holds a 16th roster spot until forward Wilson Chandler's suspension ends in mid-December. If Shumpert is on the roster through December 14th, the Nets need to waive or trade a player. Shumpert uh, previously uh, played with Sacramento and Houston, averaging 7.5 points and three boards across 62 games. The Nets are 4-6. and six. They've dropped the last two. Seven in the NBA tonight. Philly at Orlando. Magic 2.5, 207.5. Memphis at Charlotte, Hornets laying two and a half, 221 and a half, 730. Washington at Boston, Celtics minus eight, total there, 230. We got the Clippers in Houston, the Rockets, wow, a lot of two and a half point favorites. Rockets two and a half, 234 and a half, eight o'clock. San Antonio at Mini, Wolves minus one and a half, 227. 10 p.m., Golden State at LA, Lake minus eight, 219. Toronto at Portland, Blazers laying through 218. NCAA hoops action, top 25. We got a game at six. Number 23, LSU at VCU, and the Rams are minus 2, 143. Villanova, number 10 at 16, Ohio State. Buckeyes, minus 1.5, 129. Indiana State at number 4, Louisville. Cards, minus 20.5, 145.5. And Texas Tech, the 11 seed, minus 24 at Houston Baptist, 152. Penn star, star Sidney Crosby mulling over his treatment options, which includes surgery 
for a sports hernia that's been bothering the 32-year-old Crosby aggravated the injury versus Chicago. He left in the third period and didn't return. If he takes a surgery option, he'll be out four to six. Uh, he could also get a steroid shot that would make him play, and he'll get surgery at the end of the year. He's got 17 points in 17 games, five in the NHL tonight. Things start off with Ottawa, New Jersey. Devils minus 185, six and a half. And Toronto at the New York Islanders should be a good one here. Islanders minus 126, 730. We got Washington laying 20 cents at Philadelphia. Six and a half is your total late. Chicago and Vegas, Golden Knights minus 236 and a half. I'm Cam Stewart. Join me and Morenci for Red Heat and Rage in Hour 1. We'll talk to our friend and resident capper, Mark Lawrence, and go through the NCAA and NFL football games and Gamble. We'll talk some fights in football. It's Red Heat and Rage on Sports Grid, and it's coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game, Game time, time decisions. decisions. Thank you very much, Yang. I'm Cam Stewart, back at the Doma Style in Toronto, Ontario, and my buddy and partner, the man who usually captains the ship, he still will, but now in Montreal on his way for the Homicide Tour, the great Gabriel Morenci. How's it going, Gabe? How you doing, buddy? Hey, good to have you back, uh, Cam. I'm, uh, you're sounding great. Uh, yeah, you, you sound better than ever, actually. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's great I've to have you back. Pounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Montreal uh, right now. I got to tell you, man, I wasn't ready uh, for the cold. I'm in my hotel room. I can't figure out how to turn the heat on. So like, I was cold outside. I did uh, fortunately buy some gloves, though, man. I got to play guitar, cam. You know, my hands were about to fall off. It's freaking cold. Like there's snow cold, like wind cold, like you know, it's cold, cold. And of course, like you know, last time we played a show in Montreal. It was last year, the night before New Year's Eve. And let me tell you, Cam, if you ever plan, if you ever get into business and you ever hold an event and you ever do anything, don't do it the night before New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like the best night to do something. Especially like New Year's Eve was on a Saturday. We played on like Friday. And you can't make this up, but you, you would expect it. It's homicide luck, Cam, is a lot like our betting luck, you and I. It's like once we played a big show years ago, and it was the biggest snowstorm in Montreal history. And that's saying something like they were literally like, we were all happy. Like we actually had ads on the radio and stuff. Don't miss homicide tonight. Dago Bear, whatever the, the club was called. It was like this big event. We were getting like 2,500 bucks for the show. It was one of our bigger local shows. And that uh, was the biggest snowstorm ever. And on the radio, right after our ad plays, we're all happy. We're like, hey, that's pretty cool, man. Our ad's on the radio. This is like 20 years ago. <laughs> the DJ comes on after. He goes, yeah, here's an advisor. If you're at home, don't, don't leave your house tonight. You know, the, the, the roads are closed. He's <laughs> like, uh, it's one of those nights where you just stay in and listen to Show Me FM tonight. We're like, man, you just played an ad for our show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, last year, it was like the coldest day on record ever. Uh, January, uh, December the 30th last year in the history of Montreal. And we got here and it's some like vicious cold streak going on right now. We can't catch a break, but it is what it is. If you'll notice whenever I have a live event, whenever we do a road rage cam, it usually rains. <laughs> like it's, yeah. there's some sort or of, now it's if you like think about all the shows and like all the times you've come down to Wildwick, like the weather's never nice. Remember like game five when the Raptors played, it was a monsoon. Like it's yeah. just, it, it always seems to happen that way. It does. 
right now, Gabe, I'm only in Toronto and Montreal's way, way colder. So for our friends in the States, it's minus 12. It was. So that's 10.5 degrees Fahrenheit. I got to believe Montreal's got to be like zero. It's way colder than here. Like it's got to be freezing in Fahrenheit. It's always colder than it is here. It's freezing in Montreal. You guys get way more snow too. It's crazy. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's, um, to put it in, in the context, yeah, so it's 17 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's minus 8 uh, Celsius. So it's minus 8 for you, but plus the wind, dude. So yeah, 17 degrees, and I'm not used to it. Like, yeah, I might be from here, but I haven't lived here in a long time, man. It doesn't get that cold in Toronto. I've lived in Vegas. New York's not that cold. Yeah, I'll show you. I'm not going to be spending a lot of time outside. I'll tell you that. Exactly. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code Action for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Active action, fellas. Welcome back, Red Heat and Rage. I'm Cam Stewart in Toronto. It's cold, but Dave's a lot colder in Montreal right now. Getting ready for the homicide tour. That's the thing. Uh, he's got to take those gloves off to get those licks. On his guitar, and uh, yeah, we'll get uh, Mark Mor- uh, Lawrence momentarily, Gabe. Yeah, it's been a crazy uh, few days, Gabe. I got back from the hospital, and I checked my car today, and I got my car broken into, too. When I come back, I'm like, this this is going to be a good week. <laughs> Can you broke into your they car only stole some change. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like, they didn't break any glass or anything. Thank God. The guy must have just jimmied it. Oh, yeah, it's the best, too, because he didn't found anything. He was so frustrated, like, chucked a bunch of, like, keys, all this stuff. like Just, like, totally trashed the car. Like, it, they, they turned it upside down, but there was only loose change in, like, a bottom pocket or whatever. You're, take, you're taking major. it pretty well. Yeah, I, I, well, I have to. <laughs> I can't get freaked out about everything, right? I got to be calm. But, no, it was funny. I'm just, like, uh, I told Lisa, I go, check your car. She didn't get robbed, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of prowlers in the area, buddy. It's crazy times. A lot of crackheads, and yeah, I get back from the hospital, and the guy's uh, <laughs> the guy breaks into my car. I just go, whatever. Like at least at least the window wasn't broken, Gabe. So it still starts. That's all that matters. The guy didn't uh, smash. If he would have smashed the window in the winter, I'd probably be peeking. But uh, anyway, um, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, got to take things uh, with a seen... positive view. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a uh, a cop on patrol near your house before. I think you're. Your neighborhood, you guys need like the neighborhood watch. So, like the Simpsons, you should like you know, lead like a posse, yeah, you know, and start walking the streets. Because <laughs> I agree, you're right. Shady people lurking. You're right, Gabe. And a lot of shady people lurking around. You're absolutely right. Like, when I first moved in, it was all like Filipinos and nice couples and good friendly. Like a lot of the new people are really sketchy and stuff. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind a neighborhood watch. But a guy who doesn't need neighborhood watch, obviously living in Florida and uh, living the good life. Our buddy, Mark Lawrence. Mark, how you doing, man? Nice to nice to talk to you. How's life? Well, life is going good for me, and I understand you were uh, a little bit visiting uh, the Chicago Med, or in this case, I guess, Toronto <laughs> Med. I uh, hope everything's Toronto going Med, well, yeah. Cam. Yeah, Mark, yeah, I got a little bit of a scare. I thought it was like a heart uh, problem, but it turns out it was just a 
I got this acid reflux disease and some other stuff, but uh, we're working on it. I got to see a new doctor and stuff tomorrow, but thank God it wasn't uh, the heart, Mark. I would have been really worried if it was uh, heart damage, but we're doing okay, and I, it's a clean bill of health and a new lease on life. I even told Gabe I'm starting to eat broccoli and more salmon now. It's kind of like a, a wake-up call. Less Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, more health. You get my drift? <laughs> acid reflux leads to broccoli. What a story, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No McDonald's. No I'm sure they going to drink beer, No, I actually it's stopped bro- drinking broccoli beer. It's crazy. And beer. Yeah, broccoli and beer. Yeah, it's bro- crazy. Bro- Lisa's bro- like, bro- bro- Broccoli and beer. I went to McDonald's, Gabe, and I usually get like a Big Mac quarter pounder. I had a carrot muffin today. My mom was like, what the hell's going on with you? I go, I don't know, man. I got to, I'm trying. I'm trying at least. So I'm going to give Cam my, uh, I'm going to give Cam my green bean sandwich recipe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not sure going to McDonald's. I'm not sure McDonald's is the road to health camp. Even even their muffins, I'm sure it can't be that great. (laughs) Yeah. Get your smoothie. You got to get the smoothie (laughs) from McDonald's. The McDonald's smoothie is actually good. It's, it's actually, it's a real smoothie. That's a, that's a good call. So, Mark, how, how are things uh, with the college board and everything? Uh, LSU, g- big, big game, good upset. And, uh, Gabe, you talked about your buddy uh, Phil Steele with that Joe Burrow pick. It's looking very, very real now uh, at the start of the year at 200-1. to 1, But what a performance. What a game. I wish we had that ticket in our back pocket, Mark. Man, that was unbelievable. What a football game. Yeah, that would probably might be going down as uh, the college football game of the year, unless something else better comes about. But uh, it was must-watch TV, and uh, LSU delivered the goods. Nice to see. So the question now becomes, where does Alabama fit into this college football playoff picture? And my vote would be hopefully on the outside looking in, but we'll see exactly how everything shakes out before the playoffs are announced. What do you think yeah, about that's the that? Thing. People you know, are going to get... Uh... What do you think about Bama? People, you know they're still make... they're a good team, but they, they always get in game because of pedigree and stuff. But maybe not this year, right? Like, what do you? How do you think that's going to play out? Like, I wouldn't be mine if they got left out this year. They're still a damn good team, though. Well, there's, there's still a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't get too concerned with these these uh, rankings. And in the five years previously, the team has been ranked number one in the first poll. Has never won the championship. I could be wrong, but I think it might be once it happened where the four teams actually got in, but I'm not even sure, Mark, if the four teams in the first four have ever gotten in. And it really leads us to, you know, we see this all the time in in, uh, in college basketball, even though there shouldn't be yeah. that much pressure, but inevitably you always see it. The poll comes out, whatever team is ranked number one on Sunday night, Monday morning, they lose Monday night inevitably on ESPN. It just it seems like clockwork. <laughs> and, exactly. You know, Baylor, Baylor sort of, you know, Baylor's been dancing with the devil and getting away with it and on, on a weekly basis. But now you get Georgia. And if there's one thing that stands out to me, Mark, about these rankings uh, that came out last night, we talk about Alabama. And I, I get it. There's an Alabama fatigue, and even I want to see other people sort of get a chance. But at the same point in time, I don't think you can argue that Alabama aren't the one, the best one-loss team. I know it's frustrating to people, um, and I think Georgia overrated. I've been saying this all yeah. year, Mark. This, this Georgia team to me, it, it's not the same Georgia team as last year. It's not the same Georgia team as two years ago. They're stacked. They're loaded. They got a bunch of blue-chip uh, talent, but 
they're not, it's not as dominant. It's not the same. And they're dealing with higher expectations. They're just living in a different neighborhood now, Georgia. And I think it might be just a little bit too high rent for them. And lo and behold, where do they go? They go right into uh, the Auburn uh, right now. And as, you know, as people know, man, Auburn, Auburn are a good football team. They've only lost two games this year. And, you know, you lose against Florida, you lose against LSU. It's hard to hold that against them. Now they're back home. And you get Georgia coming in here, who now suddenly, you know, Georgia gets a mulligan, and I'm not sure they deserve it. Like, if you put it this way, like, Mark, who, who would be more deserving? You know, Alabama, and I'm, I'm actually more anti-Alabama getting in the playoffs, but I'm also realistic that Georgia lost to South Carolina. You know, Alabama just lost to the best team in the country in LSU. I get it. It was at home. But I think Georgia are getting a little bit too much of a benefit of the doubt. But I don't think it matters because Auburn can knock them off uh, this weekend, Mark. Well, Auburn can knock them off this weekend. And, uh, you know, Auburn's in a really, really desirous, desirous position this weekend because they can also take care of Alabama and put the, uh, the, the lid on that talk as well. Uh, sitting in a nice spot are, uh, is Auburn this particular weekend and coming up soon. But let me throw this question at you guys. You were talking about all these one-loss teams that could fit where Alabama may, maybe Oregon, maybe Utah, maybe Oklahoma. But what happened to the Baylor Bears? I mean, this football team has beat everybody that stood in front of them, and they're not even being yeah. whispered about. And if they beat it's Oklahoma in, in the Big 12 championship game, then all of a sudden, what you know? What statement can they make about not having Baylor in the college football playoff? I think there's I, I an assumption 100%. that Baylor doesn't run the table, right? Yeah, exactly. And no, you're right. Listen, I I said this earlier, guys. I tweeted it out. I talked about it all week. It's sort of like when you're betting on the NFL draft. You know, what do you think a team should do, and what do you think they're going uh, to do? So. You know, I'm discussing, you know, the reality that we live in, uh, but, you know, I'm old-fashioned. I would, I, I would have Baylor and Minnesota in the top four. That's the key. It's very simple to me. It would be Ohio State, yeah. uh, you know, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Minnesota, and Baylor. You know, but, you know, these teams, if you look at Minnesota, they're a 9-0 football team. They just beat a team that was in the top five, in the top four. And, you know, they did get a, they got much more respect, if you notice, than for that win than Baylor got for theirs. I think it's because Baylor's not scoring. Uh, but to me, if you win, you should be ahead of teams that don't win. You know, especially if you're playing, I get it, Minnesota's schedule is not great. But there's still a yeah. Big Ten team. They've navigated themselves to a 9-0 record in the Big Ten. Same with Baylor. They both deserve credit for it. But, you know, they, there's there's a biasness here. How about look at Utah and, and, and Oregon? These guys are playing their asses off. The Ducks have been playing great football all year. They have. And it seems like it doesn't matter. You know, like, uh, you got one loss, then Utah's got one loss. But we're going to put every other one-loss team in ahead of you guys. It's, you know, the playoff is good, but at the same point in time, it's still frustrating, I think. It is. And uh, you it talked is. about it's Minnesota, game. They got a big one with Iowa, Mark. We'll talk about that game on the other side, too. It's uh, a lot of statistics in the playbook are talking Hawkeye. Mark Lawrence, Ian K. Barrett coming back to Red Heat Rage after a short break. 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. it all to my bookie. Well, the bookie. You want an edge? Get on the grid, everybody. You want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then you got to join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. You get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combos to build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer as well. You're playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto. You're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's the promo code ACTION for a special 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And me and Gabe are talking to the great Mark Lawrence, friend, uh, going through the college games. And Mark, Gabe talked about it. The number one, Kentucky losing to Evansville in absolute crazy fashion. You get that when you're number one. Bad things seem to, seem to happen in these situations. Minnesota feeling good. We were on the Gophers against Penn State in that game. But, hey, you could say what you want about Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Very tough matchup, Mark. And uh, when Gabe sent me the playbook and looking at it, a lot of the factors and trends actually lean Iowa, despite despite P.J. Fleck in uh, Minnesota. These guys doing a kick-ass job this year with a big win over Penn State at home. Yeah, unquestionably. You know, they're on top of the college football world right now as we speak, Minnesota, and rightfully so. I mean, they did uh, what people consider to be the impossible when they knocked off Penn State. Now they need to pick up and take on the road against Iowa, which might be a, a horse of a different nature this particular week. Uh, you know, Iowa plays this plotting defensive style of football, unlike Penn State's wide-open brand of football. And we'll see whether or not there's a letdown for Minnesota here this particular week. Now, there shouldn't be, just given the fact that they are undefeated. But, you know, we called out in our newsletter this week that 8-0 and or greater teams that are on the road off a double-digit spread win as a dog are 0-6 to the number since 1982. So we're projecting a letdown for Minnesota here. Kurt Ferentz has been really, really good at home in his career, especially in uh, conference games. So we're going to lay the small wood with Iowa over Minnesota on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that uh, game to see how uh, you know, if Minnesota can, can keep doing this. But, you know, I, I – Normally, you know, I talk about a separation Saturday, you know, the, the bubble burst and all that type of stuff. Very impressive that Minnesota and Baylor have been able to do this. And as, you know, as Mark wrote in, in his playbook, and you guys got to pick it up out there if you want the wealth of information, you know, they struggled in their, their earlier games against inferior teams. Nobody would have expected this, including P.J. Fleck. Uh, but they have gotten better uh, on a weekly basis. You know, normally I'd be running to the window and say, oh, yeah, yeah, Iowa, Iowa. This, this is a great spot for Iowa. I think Minnesota get it done. I think Minnesota survives. You know, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the opposite um, um, point of view here and say, you know what, I'm getting, I'm getting three points with a 9-0 football team against a pretty average offense. I think it's going to come down to the wire. You know, maybe I have too much confidence in Minnesota, but at this point, I think we almost owe them the benefit of the doubt, and you know, which would lead us into this Baylor game, Mark, which is real interesting. And it's funny, and a shout-out to Sooner Lisa, 
who is as hardcore of an Oklahoma fan as there is out there. I mean, man, she goes to nearly every yep. game. Man. She even like, travels as much as she can. And she thinks Oklahoma's going to lose the game outright. And normally she's pretty optimistic, like, uh, but she's concerned about the defense. You know, we saw the scare last week. Iowa State could have won that football game. Uh, they go for two. They don't get it. Um, and now Oklahoma's laying 10 points on the road. I brought it up earlier, Mark. The big knock on this Baylor team from their critics is that the Baylor Bears can't put points up on the board and not going to be able to score enough to keep up with Oklahoma in a game like this. Total 67.5. Uh, but here's another team. Like, how do we not give them the benefit of the doubt the way they're playing this year? And, uh, you know, Matt Rule getting 10 points. What's your take on this game, Mark? I think this is one of the worst lines I think Vegas has put up this football season here. Uh, absolutely no respect for Baylor. And if I'm Matt Rule, I have no problem at all getting my football team up for this game. All I have to do is show them the point spread on this game. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We're undefeated. We're in first place. Uh, and we're a 10-point home underdog exactly. to Oklahoma, who kicked our ass last year, 66-33. to 33. You can be sure that loss last year is going to end up being a big, big factor in this football game here as well. Uh, as you know, I'm a huge Matt Rule fan. I think he gets the most out of his football teams. And he does what needs to be done. He just plays who's ever in front of him for the moment. Uh, he took care of an Iowa State football team. He was a two-and-a-half-point home dog against Iowa State. Now he's taking yep. doubles from Oklahoma. Uh, I just don't see it. I, I think this number is wrong. And I think there's plenty of motivation for Baylor being here. If, if for no other reason, the line, just the fact that I think they're being dissed by the college football playoff committee as well. Number 13 in the rankings, and they're looking at everybody in front of them, all the way down to Clemson at number three that has a loss. I, you know, I think there's plenty of motivation for Baylor in this football game, and I think they can get the job done. We'll get in the NFL, but Gabe and Mark, you guys know too. Look at Oklahoma, uh, right? These guys, lo- they lost to Kansas State in that game, right? Kansas State, and, the, and then you look at the win over Texas. Is it really that that impressive? It was okay. You know, but look at Texas. They they, 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 they had problems with K-State in that game, too. You're absolutely correct. Like, Baylor's just going about their business but not getting respect, Mark. And I think it's due to, you know, barely beating West Virginia. Crazy comeback in, in the last game with the field goal, the TCU game. That was crazy. One of the – if you had the, the under in that game to the over with the overtimes, that was nuts. But – Anyway, that's why, but I agree with you guys. Ten points, I think, is way too much, and the Baylor Bears are being disrespected. What do we do, Mark, with this uh, LSU team? Now, you know, big win over Alabama. Now you're playing Mississippi in this game. This is an interesting spot. I don't think there's any letdown with Ed Orgeron and and the LSU Tigers, but you can't take any game uh, lightly in the SEC, Mark. Maybe uh, a little bit closer than people uh, indicate after their big win over Bama. You know, I got to share this with you guys. Uh, You know, when we do our college football write-ups, I do all the NFL write-ups, and uh, I have a couple of guys that write the college football games up, and I give them all the all the fuel for the games, the stats, the trends, and yada yada yada, and all that stuff. So I leave it to them to write the games up. And uh, the the guy who puts our newsletter together, his name is Charles Milstead. He does a terrific job, and he has got one of the wittiest minds I've ever come across. And he loves to get on the. 
Ed Ogeron uh, talk, you know, he calling him, he sounds like a Mongolian sword swallower when he talks. And, uh, you know, this week he, he brings out the point that when uh, Ogeron knew he was going to be talking to the press after he beat Alabama, so he bought a pocket talk voice translator uh, so he could be understood in the conversation. And he says that uh, while he sounds like a robot, at least we can understand the robot. You can't understand Ed Ogeron when he talks in football press conferences. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the Louisiana dialect or the fact that uh, he I needs love his it. vocal cords <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> cleaned up or whatever. But, you know, the bottom line here, I think, to this football game is this. We talk about in college football, I love this time of the year because we've got all kinds of things that, you know, with different little uh, situation setups and so forth and what nuances, you know, and I give them all different names and titles and everything. And, and you know, this is, again, the epitome of a, bub- of a situation of a team crashing down to earth in LSU. And it's also the epitome of what we call the news gets tighter and tighter and tighter. They just knocked off Alabama as a big road dog. Now they're coming here back out onto the road and laying a monster number to a football team that needs this game like blood, one, to save the coach's job, and two, to make it to a college football bowl game, who play some pretty good defense themselves, they do as well. I think this is a huge letdown spot for LSU in the contest here. i got to grab the points with the Rebels. 21 points, a lot of points uh, yeah. uh, to be laying. I think there should be points put up on a board in True. this game. LSU probably win by 17 or something like that. You know, speaking of not getting respect, uh, Michigan Wolverines, I brought this up after they beat Notre Dame, uh, Mark. You know, the, 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 the media, the mainstream media, you know, the ESPN, Fox, CBS, etc., all the websites, uh, fine, Bob. Everybody hammers Harbaugh when he loses, like immediately. Like they can't get through the game, and you know the internet's uh, lighting up like Kardashians topless again. And and but when they win, you know nobody brings it up. You know, like I never saw so little brought up after Michigan just destroyed uh, Notre Dame on that Saturday night. And the fact is, look, um, you know they're on a five uh, five and one run uh, right now. Um, they've 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 really come together nicely. I talked about it after that after that Penn State um, loss. A lot of people, you know, people that don't really follow the team closely would sort of bury them. Yet I brought it up. I said that's the best football that they played in the second half. Like it finally clicked. You could see. I could see. If Patterson finally clicked, Gaddis's offense finally clicked. Oh no, they seem to loosen up a little bit. And they've been an angry team. And, you know, Michigan can be a little soft at times up there in, in wine and cheese country in Ann Arbor. But this is a team with a chip on their shoulder right now. And they've been playing like it. But with all that being stated, Mark, 13 and a half points, a lot of points to be laying, especially when you have Michigan sort of looking ahead now a bit. That, you know what, we've got through this. We'll hit it on the other side. But I think Michigan win, but it could be a real dogfight that game. I agree. I think this is a real tough spot, if you will, for Michigan in the contest here. You know, they're basically, for all intents and purposes, playing a wounded dog, if you will, in Michigan State, who has dominated this series, at least to the spread. They've won the money 10 of the last 11 games in the series. And you've got Mark D'Antonio in his best role with revenge off a loss where he has puts up monster numbers here. 
I think the, you're going to get you're going to see a much much different Michigan State football team take the field here. There's no team more red faced and embarrassed right now in college football than Michigan State. And again, you've got a series dominator taking, I think, uh, excessive amount of points in the game here. I think Michigan plays down to the level of where Michigan State is today. And Mark, it's interesting too. You know, we've been doing this for a while, and you know, I was talking to Gabe before. We'll talk about teams like Clemson, like Ohio State, and these teams in these situations trying to run up numbers because they got to keep looking impressive for the committee. Beating teams by like 14 and 17, it's not going to work. They really want to kick some ass. We we'll talk about them. Ohio State got Rutgers, Clemson. We'll do some NFL stuff on the other side as well. Mark Lawrence joining me and Gabe on Red Heat Rage, going over against the Double A. We'll talk NFL football after the break as well. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Right, Heat Rage Camp Stewart in Toronto. Gabe Moretz on the road in Montreal getting ready for the Homicide Show. Mark Lawrence in sunny Florida talking NCAA. Gabe, is there a game that you want to go over with Mark in particular? Uh, one that's on your radar for, uh, for betting this week? No, you know what? I think we hit pretty much everything, uh, to be <laughs> honest. So, yeah. uh, we only got Mark for a couple more minutes. Yeah, should probably jump into the National NFL. Football League. I think we did a good job of hitting all the big games. Well, we got the Mac games tonight, actually. That's about it. I guess oh, that's yeah. the only thing we didn't hit. Yeah, any opinion, Mark, quickly on the Mac games before we go to uh, the NFL? You're t- tough games tonight there with Toledo, and we got, uh, what do we got, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois and Toledo. These are tough, these uh, Maction games, Mark. Any strong opinions? Well, I, you know, if I looked at either game, I'd look to the uh, to the road pedigree of Northern Illinois, you know, who's been so good on the road here of late, uh, taking points against Toledo here tonight. I think it's a nice spot for them, coupled with the fact that I think Toledo, this is not the best Rocket team we've seen right. in a while coming down the pike here. An upset would not surprise me. Yeah, they almost lost to Kent State, right, Gabe? Remember we were watching that game? Like, Toledo's, uh, they're not the Rockets that we know. They used to be a real good team, but... Uh, no, I agree. And Northern, Northern Illinois, despite having some setbacks, they have it. They're they're a better, more talented team. Mark, what do we got? Uh, the NFL. We got a Thursday night of your Cleveland Browns. We like it. Cleveland Brown getting it done against Gabe's Bills. Uh, very uh, interesting game. Uh, a little bit controversial there. It was pretty wild. And Browns thinking like they won the Super Bowl. Not really, but uh, they squeaked out a win there. Now you're going up against Pittsburgh, a team that's. Uh, figured it out should be an interesting game uh, Thursday night Mark Pittsburgh versus Cleveland these teams don't like each other should be a good one again uh, you know not to second guess the odds maker uh, but I'm a little bit surprised that they brought the Browns a favorite in this football game I said the same thing last week against Buffalo and it ended up pushing out uh, people won the money with Cleveland if they bet it early at two and a half and uh, now they're uh, laying the same amount of points to uh, this Pittsburgh team who is playing as good as anybody right now in the uh, in their division, the AFC, on a four-game win streak here. The thing that jumps off the page to me, aside from Cleveland not being a cohesive football team, is the fact that uh, Pittsburgh has absolutely dominated the Browns in this series, 33-4-1 and one straight up. 
yet they come the underdog in this contest here. I, again, I think the pressure is all on Cleveland, who is not yet, I think, uh, certified as a good football team at this stage of the season. Guys, I watched that game, and I'll tell you, Cab, the, the creator was frustrated. No excuses. The Bills lost the football game. Their yeah. offense has to be more consistent. But That was good, too. But... Um, you, you know, Hoska's got to make those kicks. Exactly. You know, you lose exactly. by three points. Your field goal kicker misses two kicks. All right, one of them was a 52, 53-yarder. I get it at, at the end of regulation. You know, the kid from Baylor made a 51-yarder with their season on the line the other day. You know, uh-huh. see the team, the kid went out there and drilled a 51-yarder in the wind at Dallas-Fort Worth. So, you know, Hoska, we're seeing these veteran kickers sort of hit the wall a bit right now. Even Tucker's not as great as he used to be. They're not, no one's automatic anymore with field goals in the NFL. So I don't like blaming the field goal kicker. I also thought Mayfield turned the ball over. You know, the officiating, the Bills, as usual, just sort of got squeezed all day. But you make your own luck. Um, I, you know, I have a hard time buying into. I think Cleveland, listen, they won a game. And we'll still ask backwards into that. Let's just call it out for what it is. The Bills didn't play well. Cleveland did enough to win the game. You have a red-hot Pittsburgh Steelers team coming in here uh, right now. They're playing better football than the Bills are. There's more skill position players to worry about. And how about that deal for Minka Fitzpatrick? Um, you know, that's just probably one of the, the under-talks about yep. best deals of the year in the National Football League. Remember when they did this, guys? The Pittsburgh Steelers had just lost Roethlisberger. The season was falling apart. They were 1-4, 1-3, whatever the hell it was. You know, and people are like, really? You guys are, I guess, have a, you know, you're having a down year. Roethlisberger's out. You've lost everybody. And you're trading a first-round pick when that pick could be pretty high. And I like what the, the Steelers' attitude was. If it's a higher pick, and the Steelers don't think like that. They didn't, They weren't ready to roll over and wave the flags for the season. And they were like, if it's a higher pick, you're not going to get a better player than making Fitzpatrick anyways in the draft. And he won't. It won't be a higher pick because we're not giving up on the season. And it's amazing. All these backup quarterbacks have gotten it done. And and yep. Nick and Fitzpatrick's made such a difference on that defense. And I just saw a quote from Trey Young, who we know a lot of us criticized and said, "Are you kidding me, Trey Young?" Uh, over Luka Doncic. And Trey Young has a quote saying, "The uh, the apology has to be as loud as the disrespect was." And I think it's a good quote. To, to apply to Mike Tomlin. People are always calling for Tomlin's head. It's so stupid. Every time the Steelers lose one game on TV, Tomlin's got to go. Tomlin's got to go. And look at the job that Tomlin's doing right now, Mark. They, you know, the job that this guy's done with all the injuries, keeping this thing together. And it's the same thing, sort of like Harbaugh, like I brought it up. People like to criticize these guys, but they're not quick to give them credit. And Tomlin's doing some of his best coaching ever right now. I agree. I think he's doing a terrific job, especially uh, given uh, the players that he was dealt with. And I'll just give you a little insight into that Minka Fitzpatrick trade that happened with Miami. What happened down here is, obviously, you know, Miami was in a tank mode. You know, they've got more players that they've signed. I think 14 players have been signed off the waiver wire that are on this roster. They just they just did not want to stock the roster with players. And Fitzpatrick was playing out of position down here in Miami. They had him playing everywhere. Every one of the four secondary positions they had him playing and they had him playing uh, a, a secondary position 
a safety position where he was largely uh, he was in charge of tackling running backs. Well, he's he's not a real big defensive back, and he didn't like that at all. And it was him who said, "Get me the hell out of here, guys!" And um, <laughs> you know, Miami acquiesced. They traded him, and it ends up being, I think, the trade of the year in the National Football League for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Mark, yeah, I'll I gotta take the call Steelers, you. Cam. I'll take the Steelers, too. I know what? These odds makers just want to keep on making Cleveland the favorite. Buffalo should have covered in that game. You said it, Gabe. I watched it, too, with Hauschka. They they were actually the better team in that game. Chubb was good, but the rest of them still, there's still major problems with Cleveland. Mark, I found it interesting when I'm looking at the playbook, and this is a game that I wanted to look at, and it, I'm looking at the Saints and Tampa Bay, and uh, Gabe talked about it. He gave him a lot of credit. Gabe, good call on you with Teddy Bridgewater and the lines were, you know, reduced to uh, Vegas and New Jersey, not really giving him the respect he deserves. He wins. But every time Atlanta and New Orleans get together, it's just one of those things. Atlanta, it's kind of their Super Bowl. They're having a down year. And, Mark, you said there's some problems with the Saints, just alluding to it in the playbook. And, again, this week you're saying not so fast. Tampa Bay might have a shot against these guys. You think there might be some leaks in New Orleans. And Drew Brees just coming back doesn't necessarily mean these guys are going to win. They were winning with Bridgewater. Exactly, Kim. You know, they're not fluid yet. Uh, you know, Breeze has not worked himself into that lineup, and they were doing so well with Teddy Bridgewater, and then it's like, you know, you pull the plug on a it ain't broke, don't fix it type situation, and they did just that. They ended up paying the price, but it was a twofold situation, and uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, they have, first of all, New Orleans just pukes at home as double-digit chalk in division <laughs> games. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable, and you know, they did it again last Sunday. Sunday, but but Atlanta here, and I, we, I laid this out in the in the Atlanta write up in, in this week's newsletter, and uh, I'm going to be on the Falcons the second half of this football season for one major reason. Uh, they were season win total wise coming into the beginning of this football season here. Uh, they were eight and a half season win total at the midway break. They had one win. They were one and seven. So a regression to the mean would come into play for teams like Atlanta if provided that everything else was in place. You know, they, they didn't lose their quarterback. Their roster wasn't depleted, yada, yada, yada. And Atlanta has all of that in place. I think they'll come back closer to the eight and a half wins than they were the one win team at the midway point of the football season here. And I had no problem at all taking double digits with them. And I have no problem taking them against Carolina this week because I feel Carolina is about to be exposed that way as well with uh, Kyle Allen, their quarterback. I think he's he's dropping like the temperatures up north right now uh, when people look at his game film. So, you know, there are teams in the NFL like Atlanta, Chicago, uh, the Chargers, whose season win totals were very high, and they had poor first halves. Look out for those teams in the second half. There's a lot of value to be found with those teams. Yeah, I agree, Cam. You know, a lot of people will think, oh, the Falcons, they'll look at bad teams and think, oh, these guys yep. don't care. They just want the season to be over. And they that's do. not really not the case. Like, look, look, let's use the Miami Dolphins as an example. As Mark alluded to, the ownership group is trying to tank. And, I don't know, maybe more teams should just take, like, 14 guys off the street and throw them on the field because you'll cover five weeks in a row. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, the Dolphins, like, the Dolphin players haven't gotten a memo. And, yep. you know, we've seen this. I remember going back a couple of years, guys, uh, Mark, and you brought sort of the same, same vein here. The Carolina Panthers, when, remember when they went to the Super Bowl that year? You know, they were, like, you know, 13-3 and three or whatever, 14-2 and two that year. The year before that, they were like two and six in the first eight games. 
the last eight games, they were like seven and one or something like that, six and two. They missed the playoffs, but they they went on a torrid streak, and it carried over into the next year. And if you're a team like the Atlanta Falcons, they've got pride, right? We're talking like, you know, I saw some of the the mainstream stooges talking about, well, you know, how quickly can a coach turn the Atlanta Falcons around, and they've got a lot of holes. The Falcons are loaded and stacked. I don't know what the hell's happened. They've been in some weird episode of a Twilight Zone where just they can't win. Uh, I don't know that you, you, you say, you know, they need a change with Quinn, but they're a stacked roster. Like the Atlanta Falcons yeah. could be an 11-5 and five team next year, just like that. Snap your fingers and boom, they're winning yeah. every week again. Matt Ryan, you know, he's, he doesn't have that zip on the ball, but I think they're a dangerous team from here on out too. And, you know, you know it, Cam. We've been told, and Mark, you know it too, the number five is a crooked one. You know, the books don't like the number five, and it's a weird number when you get these five, five and a half. And my experience generally tells me the underdog covers in these crooked number games. And, you know, the, the, the public, oh, Atlanta are terrible. Carolina's back home. Uh, big trap. Uh, you know, we got a couple of these five spots. New Orleans, Tampa, oh, Tampa are terrible. Big trap. Uh, the five and a half. Buffalo yep. Bills, five, five and a half. Trap. These five games, and with these road favorites and stuff, and even, you know, the home favorite and the Panthers, just, you know, they, they just seem a little off to me, Mark. They really feel like traps, don't they, guys? I, I think it's good. I like the, the the analogy here. Like you say, it's a dead number. Uh, the, the the books don't know what to do with it. They don't know whether to make it up to six or you know back closer yep. to three. So it sits in that dead area, and you know you have a football team with some reason to play. Uh, I'll do just that. I'm going to pass this along to you too, as well for my database. This is really really uh, kind of eye opening that a lot of people don't realize. But had you on the blind, and the National Football League, where three is uh, supposed a key number. Had you on the blind bet NFL dogs of plus three points exact, or you had bet NFL dogs of plus two and a half points, you would have made tons more money playing the two and a half point dog. Yep. Uh, you would not think so. You would not think so, but you do. Okay. And the primary reason that you do is because at two and a half points on a neutral field, they are indeed the better football team. Uh, you know, the three points is basically the home field in there. That's why the number is three. But for most uh, for most intents and purposes, a two-and-a-half-point road dog in the National Football League is the better team, and that's why they cash the money at a much more frequent rate. My buddy said to me, uh, Gabe and Mark, you know, I bet the Jets last week. We're going through the numbers for the contest that we do, and we went 6-0 and the other week. We went 4-2 and this week. I go, I like the Jets. I go, but the line's three. He goes, well, it's two-and-a-half here. He goes, why are you scared about a half point? Let's take the Jets, right, Mark? You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of weird, just the mental image that you have from a two and a half to a three. I'm kind of like, I wish we got three points, but why don't I just take it at two and a half? And they beat the Giants outright, right? So can't get scared about those numbers. They don't look as good as a three, but I'm with you. It's like Gabe and his money lines, right? Play more money lines. It, it seems to work. Well, I've always said it, Cap. It's one of my pet peeves. You hear, you'll hear handicappers on radio hits do it all the time. And, you know, you'll hear people say, well, you know, I'd really like the game at four, but I just can't do yeah. it at four and a half. Exactly. Like, well, so what? You were ready to put $2,000 on it, but it's a half point difference. No, no, you can't do it. It's either you either really like the team or you really don't like the team. You're right. Exactly. We all get it. I've been there. We've all been scared off, you know, by, oh, it's a half point difference. 
NFL season is now upon us, so you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Red Heat and Rage. Thanks to Mark Lawrence at Playbook.com for dropping by, talking a little football. That was good stuff. Good point there, Gabe. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I'm not going to let these half points and stuff uh, screw me around. Kind of like the attitude we take, more money lines, you know, more points, even in the Monday nighter, right? I got out of, uh, I was, it was great, Gabe. I'm in the hospital, and I'm, the Seahawks are playing the Niners. Hey, they wheeled me out just in time. I'm sitting beside the guy beside me, and at least we got to watch the fourth quarter in overtime. What a game, buddy. That was a great game. Russell Wilson and uh, Seattle, man, a clown. He played like an absolute beast that game. He was possessed. Yeah, did you have uh, did you have money on the game too? Did you, did you yeah, I did. The yeah. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I did, buddy. Yeah, I didn't so bet you, yesterday. You, you were but... in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, go Seahawks. You're in the hospital for stress issues, and you're watching your team play like an overtime <laughs> game with money on it. I don't know if that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the TV. It was great. The guy beside me, hey, we got the football game. I go, this is great. Yeah, they had CP24 on. I'm like, put the football game on. It was perfect. So, yeah, no, it was a pretty crazy game. I watched game, the uh, yeah. riot. Yeah. I watched the riot in, in Vancouver. I was in Vancouver. I got on a plane like just as game seven started. And I, you know, they had, uh, it was, it was West Jet. They actually had TVs on the plane. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So like, that. like basically it was like three, nothing as we were taken off. <laughs> but <laughs> I had, uh, I had like a broken foot. I had strep throat. I was like the walking wounded. It's the only time ever in an airport I needed the assistance. Like I needed the golf cart to get me out of the out of the uh, the airport and stuff, so I couldn't walk. So I had the golf cart. I get back home after a long trip. And I'm like, oh god! And you know me, I don't go to the hospital either, Cam. Unless I have to, I'm like, yeah, I don't have a choice. I got to go to the hospital now. So I go to the hospital, and, and the riot begins. And I just watch them burn Vancouver down uh, in in the emergency room. But I will say, we got to be nicer to all guests that talk into the break and over the music. I, I don't hear the music at all. And even know, exactly. back right now, the music played for like two seconds and we're back in. It is, it is uh, disorientating uh, on the guest line. It definitely is. We definitely have sure. to be nicer to people moving forward. Because I, I kept agree. talking to Mark. Mark was talking. I'm like, damn, yeah, I think we, I think we, we hit the break already there. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, we're talking. I just, I just said goodbye to him. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's different. Like, when, when you're doing it, like when you're at the, when you're at the studio too, I think me and you are on like a different level, but I've been noticing it too. Even when you call in, it's fainter, right? And your ears too. Think about all the rock shows and stuff you've been to, right? So it's kind of like, it's hard to pick up sometimes. But anyway, big, uh, I hear that Pantera. Yeah, exactly. Yanks, Yanks, Yanks got the metal for you, eh, Gabe? Well, I'll keep you guys turn up. Turn it up. We gotta, <laughs> yeah, turn it up. Gotta move. Texas claimed hard breeze from the Bucks. We'll get you guys caught up in the update and more. Oh, good move. And right, he after the update at the top of the hour.